0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 19th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I am Broadway star James Marino.
0: James, a busy weekend. Uh, We got a... Not kicked off, but the first thing we're going to talk about uh, was here in the Broadway Radio uh, podcast feed. You had an episode of This Week on Broadway on Sunday, of course, along with Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. You guys talked about a number of things, including American Son on Broadway, King Kong on Broadway, the new one on Broadway, uh, The Prom. uh, You guys talked about an interesting uh, last-second casting uh, change that happened uh, during one of the performances. You also got a chance to talk about the New York City Center performance or production of a Chorus Line, the other Josh Cohen off Broadway, Eve's Song off Broadway. A lot of really, really good stuff uh, to talk about. Anything specifically stand out for you?
1: Well, uh, after we recorded, uh, Michael went to go see the prom uh, earlier uh, in the week before we recorded, and Peter and I went to go see the prom after we recorded sunday afternoon hmm. um and beth level was out again and we got the same oh, wow. we got the same email message that uh, michael had gotten that said beth is out you're still welcome to come to the show and when beth's back uh, let's uh, you know if you'd like to reschedule we'll do that for you and uh so that was uh, interesting that um that uh, beth is out and uh, certainly this is the time of year when you know Various colds and flu go through the Broadway community and working on top of each other in tight quarters backstage. Uh, when one person in the company catches it, you know, everybody gets it. So uh, I suspect that this will, uh, you know, this is nothing more than that.
0: Yeah, actually, uh, Josh Lamon, who's one of the stars of the show, he sent out something earlier today uh, on social media, on Instagram. It said, Meet my Kate. Or meet my pal, Kate uh, Marilli. I think that's how you uh, uh-huh. pronounce her name. We met almost 20 years ago while doing what might be the worst production of Singing in the Rain in US history. <laughs> Yesterday at 2 p.m., while waiting for the curtain to go up, our incredible leading lady got very ill. In parentheses, she's totally fine, just a bug. The incredible Kate Marilli had zero rehearsals no costumes and was suddenly going on for the star. She nailed it. The audience was living for her swings and understudies literally rule the world and save the day. Bravo, Kate. So proud to be your friend. So it seems like this was not something that she had a ton of pre- preparation for. Obviously, they just opened this past week. And as we know, understudies and swings and stuff very rarely get any rehearsal time at all uh, before opening night. I don't know if she was a part of the production at Atlanta and maybe, you know, knew it fairly well for that. But it does seem like this was a rather last minute thing that might have involved some puking. But that's just conjecture. part. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know either, but Michael Portantier said that uh, she just came out of My Fair Lady, so I suspect that she oh, was wow. previously busy. So, yeah. uh Yeah, so this week on Broadway, we talked about uh, great reviews for American Son, uh, for Mike Barbigley's The New One, um, Michael liked The Prom, and Peter and I will talk about it next week. Horus Line, Michael liked Horus Line at City Center. And we talked about uh, the other Josh Cohn. Peter loved it. And we talked to uh, Peter had a great story about William Goldman and his passing. Uh, And then after all the good stuff, we talked about King Kong. Peter didn't hate it. No, that's true. (laughs) Absolutely. Peter Peter rather uh, surprised me and gave uh, King Kong uh, pretty good marks for the first 45 minutes of the show.
0: I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think I I said that yeah, uh, on this did. show yeah. that for the first half an hour until the ape shows up, it's really good. When the ape shows up, that's actually when it kind of got off the rails for me. They start using random green laser beams, which I don't understand. And then like they tried to steal like the cargo net type thing from SpongeBob. But the first 30 minutes for me were actually really, really good. I was shocked. But anyway, I'm glad to know that someone with the uh, the – high-class cultural palette of Peter Felicia, agreed.
1: All right. Uh, So let's move on into the rest of our show.
0: Yeah, real quick, we want to say congratulations to everybody at Bernhardt Hamlet, which made its final Broadway bow on Sunday night. Congratulations to them. And real quick, wanted to give an update on that maddening story of Fiddler on the Roof with the drunk guy who started yelling some obscene, hateful words during a uh, intermission of a tour stop of Fiddler on the Roof at the Baltimore Hippodrome Theater. It turns out that that man, yes, heavily intoxicated, but was actually trying to express his personal hatred for Donald Trump rather than an anti-Semitic uh, pro-Trump statement. I, I mean, I... James, I am a teetotaler myself, but I can understand how in some sort of drunken haze you can think I'm going to draw a connection between Hitler and Trump and everyone will understand that I hate them both and they are both evil rather than I'm praising both of them. I guess I can understand that, but clearly level-headed, not drunk. You realize that that is an absolutely horrible, horrific thing to do, so I- I guess it makes me feel a little better that he wasn't actually a Nazi white supremacist who paid for a balcony ticket to see Fiddler on the roof just to do that. But still, I mean, just, I don't, I don't know, man. Worst anti-Trump protest ever. <laughs> really? You could not have done it worse. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe this is what, uh, Mitch McConnell and, and Marco Rubio are doing. So, uh, Maybe (laughs) they're really anti-Trump, too. They just don't express themselves well. Boys, use use your words, boys. Use your words. All right. Uh, First up in the news, shall you take (laughs) it or shall I? Sure.
0: I'll do it. Yes. Um, The first up in the news is something we are not going to mention until 8 o'clock in the morning. So if you are listening to this before 8 o'clock, come back at 8 o'clock and you will hear that story. Until then, we're going to move on to something else. (laughs)
1: Wow, that is huge news. You better come back at 8 a.m. and listen to that. (laughs) Totes. (laughs) Totes. Totes awesome. All right. um, Next up in the news, Broadway mourns the passing of two icons.
0: Yeah, James, obviously uh, no good transition from that previous story. Um, But on Saturday, we learned that nine-time Tony winning producer Jerry Frankel – had passed away. Along with his producing partner, Jeffrey Richards, Frankel worked on Broadway for almost 20 years, producing 50 shows, including All the Way, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Porgy Best, La Caja Falls, Hare, August Osage County, The Original Spring Awakening, Glengarry Glen Ross, Death of a Salesman, and many, many more. Frankel is survived by his partner, Mary Casey, his children and grandchildren. Then on Friday, we also learned of the passing of William Goldman, though, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show that Peter had a nice story about, um, though he's known for his screenplays for things like All the President's Men and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And of course, the original novel and screenplay uh, for The Princess Bride. Goldman also has very strong connections to the theater. He wrote three shows that came to Broadway, first the play Blood, Sweat and Stanley Pool in 1961, then the musical A Family Affair, which he co-wrote with his brother James Goldman and some no-name guy named John Kander (laughs) in 1962. And then many decades later, the stage adaptation of Stephen King's Misery, which starred uh, Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf on Broadway in 2015. Of course, he is also the author of the nonfiction work *The Season*, a candid look at Broadway Rich Chronicle, the 1967-68 season on Broadway, which is one of those must-reads for any Broadway historians. James, the passings of both Jerry and William, uh, have inspired a lot of response from people. All across the theater and entertainment, and just general communities at large, um, over the last few days, as people have shared their thoughts and feelings. So, um, our thoughts are with all of those people who are mourning from a distance, and of course, um, for everybody who loved personally either Frankel or Goldman.
1: Yeah, those are two incredibly large icons who made a, a tremendous impression upon the broader community, and I. Encourage people, if uh, you haven't read the season, go to Amazon and read it. Uh, and Peter tells a great story on This Week on Broadway. So take a listen to that about his remembrance of uh, Mr. Goldman. All right. Next up, upcoming West Side Story revival announces a search for dancers.
0: Yes, they did, James. But it comes with a bit of a twist because it's Eva Van Hova, so of course mm-hmm. it does. Um, but we'll get to that. But first up, the open dance call will take place on Saturday, December 8th, with sign-in beginning at 8.30 a.m. for men and 12.30 p.m. for women. Now, you might be saying, I'd like to go to that. Matt, where is it? I don't know. They didn't tell us. You apparently have to email WSSRevival at com to sign up and not only get the location <laughs> of those open calls, but also get the details for what they want you to prepare.
1: That sounds okay. legit. Like that <laughs> yeah, sounds legit
0: it always surprises me when all of these open calls for things like Broadway shows or, uh, like the, the, when, um, Uh, when telsey does the stuff for like the tv musicals it's always at a gmail account like really you can't spring for the extra five bucks for the domain but anyway um that's not the weird part uh we'll get to the weird part well it is a weird part it's not the weirdest or most (laughs) interesting um the west side story revival is scheduled to begin performances at a theater to be named later on december 10th of 2019 and to open almost two months later on february 6th of 2020 so in my mind, James, that would mean that they're trying to get this casting call to get ensemble dancers in the fold and then to do a workshop or lab or two to get the, the choreography for Anne Teresa de Kiersmacher uh, locked in. I think I got that close. Um, uh, Anna Teresa, maybe. Anna Teresa de Kiersmacher uh, locked in because that is still more than a year away from the first performance on Broadway. But put all that aside. What really interests me in this, James, is the fact that the subject line for the email for the press release and in the lead boldface stuff at the top of the press release made it very specific that dancers of all ethnicities are welcome to audition for West Side Story, which, knowing the issues that have happened in the past with the casting of this show, obviously raised my eyebrows a little bit. Then, as I started to scroll down, I noticed in the press release something that was a little um, uh, satisfying or a little – it calmed my nerves a little bit because it does specifically say that Latinx dancers are, will audition for the Sharks, but it also notes that all other ethnicities will audition for the Jets. Now, James, I, I don't know if this is for equal opportunity employment reasons, but with Evo, you never know. and I think it would be really interesting – To see what he might do with a culturally diverse Jets, um, which kind of turns it less into a racial—well, not less from a racial thing, but it it puts a different spin on the racial elements to that, in light of the specifically immigrant story that's unfolding in our actual culture today.
1: Do you think he'll use uh, Sir Sharon as Maria?
0: I I I, I would hope. (laughs) I mean. I could see, I could see him doing Sharon in as Tony though. I mean, oh, yeah, because yeah. you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if this is just for legal reasons, um, that no, uh, he has I, to have people come in, but I wouldn't, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't think that for casting calls, you're held to the ethnicity, ethnicity clause. I'm not positive about that. I'm pretty sure that you can specify ethnicity in, uh, in artistic ventures. Uh, I'm not positive about that. Maybe some one of our listeners can uh, can chime in and tell us here about that. But um, I, I think that the uh, the email thing is actually weirder than the <laughs> than the thing. Okay. I you have to you email and they tell you to bring a hard-boiled egg to a van on <laughs> 34th Street and you
0: know yeah. go to the next. I've, place. Got, I've 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 gone to some immersive type shows before where they don't tell you where it is until yeah. like. A week before that's different that's something you know you're paying to go see and you understand that's part of the mystery like this is a job interview and they're not telling you where to go because like what's weird is that they've made a very point that it's a nationwide search yeah but if i'm in california why would i say why would i sign up for this if it's in new york i would want to know so who knows i whatever i mean okay
1: all right so uh and then we'll have to see how many people actually get you know, jobs out of yeah. an open call versus the agent submission section of it.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. Uh, let's move into this week's theatrical schedule.
0: Okay. We've talked a lot already, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. And it's a holiday week, so there's not a ton going on. But uh, tonight, previews begin for the fabul- or for Fabulation or the Re-Education of Undine uh, off-Broadway at the Signature Theater. Tomorrow night, previews begin for Clueless the Musical off-Broadway from the new group. On Thursday, we've got the Thanksgiving Day Parade with tons of Broadway performances on both NBC and CBS. Then on Friday, Broadway previews begin for The Illusionists, Magic of the Holidays. Um, Then on Saturday, it is the most important day in the Broadway theatrical schedule for me. Because it is the day when I hate every single Broadway performer, uh, especially in musicals other than Bonnie Milligan, Kate Rockwell, Elena Shadow, Ashley Spencer, Edward Watts, and a few others. Because all of them, all of the rest of them went to the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And Saturday is when Ohio State is probably going to get killed by Michigan uh, for the first time in like two decades. But anyway, then on Sunday, um, we have the opening off-Broadway at Lincoln Center for uh, the revival of of shepherds the hard problem then we have three shows closing days of rage from second stage popcorn falls off broadway at the davenport and natural shocks from the wp theater we just ran through all of those but if you want more information on any of those productions i will have links to the individual show pages in the show notes at broadwayradio.com
1: okay matt what other news do we have
0: Okay, two things, two quick bits of news. On Friday morning, it was announced that Sekon Sing Singblah, Manuel Felsiano, Jalen Kristen Lejosi, and more would lead the cast of Duncan Sheik and Susan Burkhead's musical adaptation of Sue Monk Kid's novel, The Secret Life of Bees. Directed by Sam Gold, the show is scheduled to begin performances off-Broadway from the Atlantic Theatre Company on May 12th and is currently set for a limited run through July 7th. And finally, on Thursday night, Georgia's Serenby Playhouse announced their 10th anniversary season. We've talked about this company before. It's one of my favorite regional theaters in the country. They're the ones that landed a helicopter for Miss Saigon, mm, sunk yeah. a boat for Titanic, and done a bunch of other inventive things, both large and small. They don't just do big things. They do really interesting little things, too. But the theme for this season will be America Past, Present, Future. They will start start in March with a Broadway-sized revival of Shenandoah. Then in May, they will stage Rag. Time And in July, they will present a revival of Hair, which they actually already did in their fourth season. But this time, because it's Serenby and it's the 10th anniversary, they will be accompanying it with an actual outdoor music festival in honor of the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. So pretty interesting. I'm excited to see what they do there throughout June, July and August. They will also present a world premiere retelling of Pocahontas' story from Native American playwright Kara Morrison. Uh, These shows will join their annual productions of The Sleepy Hollow Experience and The Snow Queen. James, we've really got to get get Serenby's founder and artistic slash executive director Brian Cloudus on uh, to talk about what they do there because uh, it's really, really special and unique. So maybe I'll uh, I'll reach out to him and and see if we can make that happen here soon. But if you would like information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com
1: so yeah get brian on, on the horn as soon as possible and Sarenby uh, uh, i'm afraid to ask have they ever done sweeney todd
0: uh not that i know of because, um but they
1: use like real people and
0: you know. oh they would certainly have meat pies of some sort I don't think they've done uh, Sweeney but they've done they did a great Avita outdoors they've done Grease outdoor I'm like it's uh, I've seen Oklahoma they did carousel with an actual huge carousel um, they, they I mean they did oh they uh, they did one of um, I forget what they they but they they've like turned shipping containers into into their sets before really just fascinating interesting stuff they do there
1: All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of
0: here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt.
1: And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off the week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow.